Today we're reading from Jeremiah 31, 31-34. Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was like a husband to them, says the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord, and I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. And now we are at the Praetorium, where Pontius Pilate lives. We are in the presence of Procula, his wife, and then we are proceeding with Jesus as he stands before Pilate, this wee hours of the morning of his execution. This is written in the person of Jesus, and I invite you to join me. In the wee hours of the night, the first night of Persa, the wife of Pilate, the Roman procurator, woke up with a start, covered in a cold sweat. That man, she whispered, that man, I could see his face, the one they call the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. She had been troubled by a dream, the dream of this man, this one man. I must tell my husband Pilate, Procula told herself as she tossed and turned in the early morning. Just as Pilate was being awakened for an unofficial meeting with the prisoner, who he had been told may cause political unrest. This Jesus of Nazareth, who calls himself the Messiah, the Son of God, he had given his permission the previous night for a cohort of his Roman soldiers to arrest this man at the pleading of the Sanhedrin, the teachers of the Torah. Pilate hoped they would finish the matter amongst themselves. Those Jewish leaders, he thought, all their rules and religious rites, surely, why are they so bothered by this man? Pilate secretly said these things to himself. Surely he has no power over them, and if he did have a power from a higher source, which Pilate in all his cynicism could scarcely believe, so what? Even if he did possess some kind of supernatural power, why did the priests feel so threatened? Why does it bother the high priest so? If the power was coming from Adonai, their God, and they are of him, wouldn't they welcome someone who comes from God? Surely Jesus is a gentleman of what I have seen and heard, and he seems to have wisdom, a sage. Pilate had heard the rumors of how this country rabbi, who has, was raised by a carpenter, healed the sick, and taught the crowds of people on the hillside or in the temple. I don't have time for this. Pilate pulled himself out of bed. He thought of his wife next to him. He could hear her. She had been restless in the night, but now she was sleeping soundly. 
he crept quietly out of the room. At this time, I, Jesus, was nearing the praetorium with the Roman soldiers and the servants of the high priest. The hour was about 6 a.m. I was bloody, beaten, and worn out. I had been falsely accused, ridiculed, criticized, and mocked. For I, Jesus, their Messiah, had been treated worse than a common criminal. For the night of the trial I endured in the palace of the high priest Cephas, not a formal meeting of the Sanhedrin, but a lynch mob who steals in the night too afraid to walk in the light of day. They knew they had no right to execute a man. They had lost the power to determine capital punishment forty years prior to this night. Cephas had resolved to sacrifice me for some time. He now was sitting in the judgment seat over the leaders of Israel and the teachers of the Torah, hoping to take this as far as he could go. And Cephas, the son-in-law to the high priest, Anna, was not known for backing off on points he felt strongly about. I hadn't slept in twenty-four hours. I, Jesus, their righteous Messiah, walked with them silently, obediently, obedient unto death, drinking the cup of the judgment of their souls as I walked with the ones who had waited for me, their Messiah, for so long. Now, bound, limited only by my own decision to drink the cup of my Father's wrath, to become the sacrifice for their souls, the perfect blood sacrifice, the Lamb of God, I was not bound by their courts or judgments. I was not bound by their opinions or laws. I had come to complete the law. I was not bound by the Roman government. I walked, exhausted, alone, tied to their misconceptions, to their fears. I threatened their position, their comfort, their perception of who their Messiah would be and how he would come. But wouldn't God be God if he showed up? Wouldn't God come in such a way that would make people, those humans he created, bow to him instead of he bow to them? Wouldn't God make the rules, run the show? And even now, I, the Messiah of their God, God with them, shedding the blood of the new covenant, even now as they thought they were in control, the one who was and is and is to come, the one who was God and with God in the beginning, their God, Elohim, the God, Hashem, of their fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, El Shaddai, of their covenant, I am that I am, who delivered them from the hand of Pharaoh and their bondage in Egypt, Adonai, the Torah of his people Israel, and I, the Torah made flesh, Emmanuel, God with them, their Messiah, the Chosen, the Anointed, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Son of David, their King. Yes, I walked with them. I walked with my beloved this morning, creating the new covenant as I walk. I was in control. The covenant prophesied by Jeremiah, their prophet, the covenant in my blood. My blood dripped to the ground as I walked. I was in control. The pain of my body was not what hurt. 
it was the pain of my people, my chosen people Israel, not recognizing me for the agonizing pain I felt deep in my chest. My heart beat with longing for them as they continued their condemnation of their Lord, their Messiah, their Savior, just as my heart beats for you with longing, as you, as you keep your law with your unscrupulous scrupulosity, yet commit unrighteous acts of conscience, of course. Of course the sin of blasphemy, none could be more hideous. But what if I truly was the Son of God? Then the sin of delivering the Son of God to die on a cross would be more hideous still. And yet none delivered me this day. I was in control from the beginning to the end. I am the first and the last, the Lamb of God without spot or blemish, the Lamb of God prepared to pay the ultimate sacrifice for the sins of my people, of all people, for all time. A God who is God would show up and run the show. The show I was running this day was not a show, but a reality of a perfect blood sacrifice for Cephas, the Sanhedrin, for Pilate, for Procula, for all who would call on my name. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt, which they broke, even though I was like an Ishi, a husband to them. But I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, and this is the covenant. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. And I will be their Adonai, and they shall be my people. And they shall know me, Hashem, Jehovah, from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I, Adonai, will forgive their wrongdoings and remember their sin no more. The new covenant walked among them, silently, carrying their sorrows, despised, rejected the perfect blood of the Lamb of God on the morning after the sacrifice of the lambs of Pesah, entering, covering Israel in my blood, the blood of the new covenant, the Brit Hadashah, to enter into death, to destroy the power of death, later to be raised from the dead. The power of God is not nearly as evident in the resurrection as it is in the compassion of God. For one who knew no sin, yet it was the will of Hashem to crush him, to cause him to suffer, to make his life a guilt offering, to bear the guilt of those who walked with me now as they approached the Praetorium. At the entrance to the Praetorium, the guards occupied by the Roman government, the leader of Israel stopped. As recorded, they who brought Jesus would not themselves enter into the portals of the palace, a pagan palace, that they might not be defiled, might not eat the Pesah, the Passover. According to Levitical law, entrance into a heathen house did render one impure for the day until the evening. A person who had become Levitically unclean was technically called Tebhul Yam, bathed of the day. Today was the day after the Paschal lamb had been sacrificed and eaten. Today was the day of the festive offering of Chagigah. 
the Sanhedrists would not defile themselves for this day their desire to offer the sacrifice of Hagichah later on that very morning. Yes, the teachers and leaders of Israel, of the temple in Jerusalem, the ones who follow the law to the letter, the orthodox of the orthodox, they would not defile themselves by entering into the courts of a pagan, but saw fit to see that their Messiah was nailed to a cross between two thieves. Even now, many leaders and teachers of the law are faced with their Messiah. Even now, they would rather crucify him, who God sent that humble themselves and call him Messiah, anointed one, and Savior of Israel. And one day they will see me coming in the clouds, and they will weep for me as a firstborn son, each one at their own house, each one alone, mourning for me, mourning for the one that they pierced. I know of their zeal, I know of their works, I know of your works, I know of your zeal. I know how you do no work on the Sabbath. I know how you often wash your hands. I know how you separate milk and meat to have the point even of having two kitchens not to defile yourself before me. I know how you keep the appointed feasts. I know how you repeat the blessings. I know you study the Torah, how you study your scriptures. But it is the Torah that speaks of me. It seems acceptable to you to keep my law, but all day long I have stretched out my hands to a rebellious house. I came for my own, and my own received me not. I came to save the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But in the cleaning and the keeping and the bending and the bowing, you forgot to bow to me, Jesus. Son of Adonai, Adonai among you, you as sheep have all gone astray, and Adonai has laid upon his Messiah the iniquity of us all. It is for this reason I leave the main leaders of the Torah outside the palace of Pilate and continue to drink the cup of my father's prophesied Messiah. I continue to walk the path clothed coated by my blood, I, the holy and righteous and true, the one who is clean by the very nature of my being, their God, their Adonai, the Lord Jehovah, above all in all, who has all walked into their face in their judgment, I left them outside in their outward cleanliness, yet inward filth and shame sending the Messiah to bear their sins alone. Willingly I stood before Pilate. Willingly I accept their death sentence, for I was sent to die, die for their sins and for yours. So on the day that your clean white robes are stripped to reveal the unclean truth in your secret heart, it is on this day you have a Messiah, a Savior, a Lord, who was clean from birth, entered into what was unclean to cleanse you, my people, my people Israel, and anyone who calls on my name. Procula bolted out of bed. I must warn him. 
I must warn my husband Pilate. I must warn him. Have nothing to do with this man, Jesus.